This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 460 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Saturday, May 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going? Hey, it's going well, man. Uh, I am happy to be back in the land of non-snow. Spent the week in Denver, and we had snow for half my trip, and it was cold. Normally, you don't hear me complain about the cold, but you would have died. <laughs> I'd be literally dead. I'd just be done. I'd just be done. That sounds miserable, especially because I would overreact more to the fact that it's May in that weather. Like, th- that weather in the appropriate time of year, I'd be like, okay, it sucks. But in May, I'd be like, this is ridiculous, it's May! <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. 
but you made it. Uh, we, we're seeing cancellations left and right. Lots of rain across the country as well. Um, so yeah, there's like a little bit of a weather spell and it's kind of interesting when it hits almost the entire country. Uh, as it is right now, you said you're getting rain tomorrow. We've been getting rain here in Texas the past couple of days. So yeah, a little, little bit of a wet weekend, but we're going to deal with it. We got plenty of guys to talk about for pickups. Uh, we've got our, we've got our pitchers, of course, and then we, we got some interesting hitters to talk about. I'm also interested in some of the names we're going to talk about potentially cutting. Um, so I'm very eager for your thoughts there, but let's start as we always do with the two start guys. We've got the shallow, the deep, the super deep. The the thresholds move a little bit kind of depending on how the list of, of players look that week. Uh, for example, this week the shallow is 65 and up at CBS. That usually means that they're available at Yahoo and ESPN. Then you got 30 to 59% at CBS for the deep league. Then they're going to be obviously more widely available at, at Yahoo. And then you got super deep is, is uh, 29% and under at CBS, which means they're going to be very much available at Yahoo and ESPN and probably not quite for their uh, 10 and 12 team formats, which is what Yahoo and ESPN kind of cater to. So let's dive in with the shallow group. It's a smaller group this week. Uh, we've got Alex Cobb home to the Angels at Minnesota. We've got Matt Shoemaker on the road twice to Tampa Bay and the uh, Marlins, the, the Florida two-step, if you will. we got Jared Eikhoff home twice to Colorado and Cincinnati. Patrick Corbin home to the White Sox at Milwaukee. Could be a lot of home runs there between those two games. And then Amir Garrett, actually still 65% at CBS. Kind of surprising that he was up in this tier. He definitely stands out uh, on, on the lower end as far as I'm concerned. Home to Cleveland and then at Philly. Who's your favorite? And then we'll kind of talk about uh, the entire group. Uh, the first two are my favorite, uh, Cobb and Shoemaker. And when you look at it uh, working backwards, we know Shoemaker looks like he's about to get on one of those runs where he starts striking out a bunch of dudes. Uh, we saw it last year where he, where he was going through. Uh, you know, he's been a little deeper in the last, I know his most recent start, he ended up, got up to a little bit of a rocky start in the game, but then ended up striking nine, but he struck out seven a year Detroit Tigers, struck out nine White Sox. Uh, you know, six shutout innings against Detroit, quality start against the White Sox. You just mentioned the matchups that he has. Uh, when you, anytime you got a strikeout pitcher facing Tampa Bay, good things could happen. Uh, the way they're striking out uh, at a massive rate this year. And uh, on that note, there is a dong by Corey Dickerson. Boom! Uh, off he's been he's been out of his mind, man. Big swinging Dickerson. He is the man this year. Uh, so th- that's why I like Shoemaker. And then Cobb talking about tough matchups. Cobb faced Boston and Cleveland got wins in both of those games, struck out five and seven, and he's doing it on two pitches, and neither of those is a changeup. I was going to ask, has, is it back at not, all? No, no, okay. not at all, but his curveball's that good. That's what's crazy. And the thing what Cobb's doing is he's working on his changeup in between innings, so he's using it in warm-up pitches, he's using it in the bullpen, and he threw about five or six in the last game, so he's slowly putting it back into play. But the curveball has just been great, and I know Eno's talked about it. Sometimes, if your if your curveball's that good, you can use it as your off speed pitch, and that's precisely what Cobb's doing. I mean, that the Boston and Cleveland lineup, good lineups, and uh, he held them on. I know you look at it, three earned runs in both those starts, but I forgot the the Boston game. If I recall, that's the correct one. There were crazy winds in that game, blowing sideways, and like there was a bloop. Uh, it should have been a pop up to third base that that uh, Kiermaier turned into a double. Uh, things like that in this particular game, as it fell in between three fielders behind third base of all places, right? It looked like it was going in the stands. I'm sorry, it looked like it was going in the stands. A blue back and fell right by the line. So wind was a little crazy, 
But that said, that was the game where Brad Miller uh, committed two errors on one play. Oh, uh, booted it, that one, one. And then picked it up and threw it back on the infield. You know, different things like that. So the final line score doesn't do that game justice. He looked really good in that game. And then Cobb, uh, I think it was one other mistake in that particular game against Cleveland. Um, but those two are my favorite uh, off the uh, off the list. And if you made me take another one off that, I like the Eikhoff matchup too. Yeah, I, I think it does kind of actually go in order here with Cobb, Shoemaker, Eikhoff. Uh, put a little space there. Corbin put another space or two and then Amir Garrett. Um, let me give some percentages here. Cobbs 80% at CBS, 59 at Yahoo, 25 at ESPN. So you can have some availability across all three sites. Of course, a lot less at CBS. And then 81, 55, 55 for Shu, 71, 57, 25 for Eikhoff. I actually agree with you. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm ranking it the same way. So I don't really need to, to kind of review I have, I do want to make it clear, uh, or, or talk a little bit about what Shoemaker's been doing. He's really gotten his, himself back on track, uh, more recently than, than what we had seen kind of very early in the season. He's, it's kind of been ebbs and flows with Shoemaker. And the one thing that I'm liking that we've seen lately is him finishing at least six innings. Cause for a while there, he was going, uh, for, through his first six starts, Shoemaker had only gone six plus once. And usually I associate him as a guy that I'm going to get six plus innings out of. Sometimes, you know, there'll be four or five earned runs, but unless he gets crushed, he's going to go deeper in the game. So now we got six, six, six in the third, the last three times out. Uh, one of those was against Houston where he did give up five runs, but then zero and three the last two times. So I, I do like what Shoemaker's doing. I think he's gotten himself yep. back on track. So both those guys, Shoemaker, Cobb are the ones to go for. Eikhoff, if you can't, uh, have the availability of Cobb and Shoemaker. What do you think about Corbin? Like I said, uh, White Sox at home and then at the Brewers, I'm worried about some home runs there. Like, uh, what, what, what is your assessment of Corbin these days? I need to watch him pitch a game. I, I've only seen like three innings. I want to see him, especially in the latter half. I want to sit down and see um, what he's able to do uh, through it. Yeah, so I that's... don't have. I'm just I'm just stat scouting at this point. But I've only seen about three innings of his work, and it was early, and I liked what I saw. But I want to see what he does a second time through. And I think that. That's where you will get the information. That, that's really the case with a lot of pitchers, to be honest. They can get through those first three innings, uh, you know, that, that first time through, even maybe the second time through, it's that third time through that becomes the biggest challenge. And so, like I said, Amir Garrett seems a little bit out of place here. I think his ownership percentage does need to come down a little bit. Um, gotta wait for his fastball. I'm, I was just about to say, I'm still, I'm still stuck on where the hell is that fastball. So there's actually several guys here in this next grouping that I would take over both Corbin and Garrett. So let's jump into the deep uh, pool here. Jordan Montgomery, home to KC and Oakland. Jordan Zimmerman at the Astros and the White Sox. JC Ramirez at the uh, um, Rays and Marlins, just like Shoemaker. Mike Fultonevich, home to Pittsburgh at the Giants. Daniel Norris, also at the uh, Astros and White Sox, like Zimmerman. Tyra Glass now at Atlanta, home to the Mets. Miguel Gonzalez at the Diamondbacks, home to Detroit. And Tyler Chatwood at the Phillies and home to St. Louis. Uh, pick a couple favorites out of that group. Ugh, um, not as easy to pick here. I mean, the Montgomery, he went against the Royals the other day. Because it's like one of those things where you play him and you play him again. And you play him again, yeah. the Royals the other day and he didn't do that well. Um 
so that wasn't crazy. Jordan Zimmerman keeps is getting wins in spite of himself, but there's no way I want him against Houston. I know Trevor nope. Bauer won last night, but I don't care. At least Trevor Bauer can miss bats, and so I, I want no part of that. Um, there, I think the best matchup on paper is the Fultonevich against the Pirates and, and the Giants. That that is favorable. It just depends which Fultonevich is going to show up um, out of that. Out of that and. Chatwood because of the run support he gets. Well, and if I'm chasing you know, wins, and that's kind of it. Only one on the road for Chatwood. Uh, you know, it's, it's a split road and home, but it's at Philly, so that's nice. The Cardinals do come in; they've been playing well, obviously. But I don't know that they're are they a bruising offense? How well are they doing right now against righties? They I, well, they haven't won many games. They've won like two of their last ten. Oh, so they've been struggling now. I thought they were going yes. well for a while. Pardon me on that. They though. were early. Okay. Let's see here. Not getting much help. Against, no, no, no. I was talking about the, uh, the cards. The cards. On the oh, Phillies the one, cards. I'm, I'm fine with that. The Cardinals one. Okay. okay. Yeah. They're 10th in WRC plus against righties this year. So, you know, that's not the top pick though. The, 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 the chat one's not the top pick. Obviously, if you can just get the road start, that'd be great. I like Daniel Norris, but at the Astros, it is tough. The two on the road can be tough. I do think Montgomery's the guy here though. Two home starts. I know you mentioned that his last time out against KC wasn't very good. And um, that's a bummer because Casey isn't very good. But I do like getting two home starts. He's been mostly good at home. Uh, he's only that five earned run outing that he had at KC was his highest of the season. He's been mostly twos and threes. So I, I like what he's been able to do. What do you think about JC Ramirez? Did you say something about him? If you did, I'm completely. Interested. I have not. You've talked about him more than I have. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you. I'll give you some thoughts then. Like he's been pretty impressive to be quite honest because i had like zero expectations of him coming into the season and even in the in the outing where where detroit walloped him a little bit they got five runs off of him but it was in seven innings and so the fact that he battled through seven i i kind of took away as 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 a positive i i've i've been pretty impressed by him and so i think even a double road start against the rays and and marlins is is not something i'm going to run away from even though it's a west coast guy coming all the way to the east coast for a two-step like that so i I would value him pretty highly among the strikeouts been though i mean that's the thing they've been hit and miss with jc ramirez nine seven and nine against Mm -hmm. houston oakland texas and then two four two against Houston, detroit and chicago so it's i'm a little bit concerned that the advanced scouts have been like Oh, we caught up to him. This is what he was doing. So be up, be aware for this. I think that's Especially completely Houston, fair. You know, the nine strikeouts and then two, two weeks later, you yeah, strike out twice. It's yeah. almost like, oh, that's what you're doing. I got you. And they so got eight hits, but only one run. So they were almost on him a little bit with the eight hits. Uh, with JC Ramirez against Houston, but they, they couldn't cash him in, and so they only scored the one run, but like you said, the two strikeouts. So I think that that's a perfectly fair, uh, critique of what, what JC Ramirez has been doing. Like, okay, mm, are you, are you gonna have a 20% strikeout rate, or is it gonna be even lower than that? So that's something that you have to take into account, uh, for sure. So yeah, Montgomery, Fulty, Ramirez, Norris are my, my four favorites there. I remain out as hell on glass now. I don't understand how he's a 38% guy at CBS. Um, cause I mean, those are the, those are the deeper leagues, generally speaking. And I don't think he should still be at that level. Like, uh, what, what has he shown? Now his last start out, uh, he allowed four runs and in five innings. Only two were earned against Washington with six strikeouts. I mean, okay, but I just don't see it. Uh, how, how do you feel about Tyler Glass now these days? It's start to start. I, I really don't know what to think of him anymore. I mean, at last, oh, 
I was watching some Pirates fans on Twitter, and they were and they were like, "Oh, this is good." And I saw somebody else comp him to David Ro- David Robertson. Wait, the reliever? Yeah. Oh, that's like, interesting. Wise. That's so interesting. I, yeah, he can't command the ball regularly. The, the Glasnow thing. He was rolling through in his last outing, and then it just fell apart. And I think that's really what you're going to come, what it comes down to with him. I'm, I'm still a big fan long term. I'm thinking of the start against Arizona. That's the one I was listening to. Okay. And he got out of the gate good, and then boom, 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 boom. Oh, shocker! Aaron Judge hits a home run. That guy's <sighs> ridiculous. I was so wrong yeah. on him. Like yeah, at this point, I, I even if he has a cold snap, that kind of like brings him back to earth. I it was, was a one-two pitch. So wrong. And it missed this spot right over the heart of the plate, and there it goes. I, I get I alerts was... on my watch before it happens on my TV, and it was supposed to be a pitch low and away, and it was right over the heart of the plate. Can't do that. Can't do that. But but uh, the Rays are facing Tanaka, so yeah. they will get more runs definitely, probably via the home run as well. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not as high on glass now as, as most. I just that, at that height, I've really started to kind of fade guys at that height. Um, because I, I find it difficult for those guys to find regular success with their mechanics, um, and, and so they start to meander toward the bullpen, and you know that could end up being what what Glassnow's future holds. So uh, I do want to point out Miguel Gonzalez quickly is kind of back to his Baltimore ways, where he's you know solid but unspectacular. Obviously, you're not winning your league because you you scoop Miguel Gonzalez and his sweet sweet 5.4 strikeouts per nine. But if you're just looking for some quality innings, um, I think you could get them with him uh, with, with Miguel Gonzalez. He's got a 4.29 ERA right now, but uh, you know you can pick off s- some good starts now. He's given up five in each of his last two, so he's certainly not riding high right now. Um, you know what? I just realized it's at Arizona and, and then home to Detroit, though, so I am going to back off that. Sorry, I'm completely U-turning um, because that's a devastating one-two punch there. Uh, generally speaking, I'm a little bit okay with Miguel Gonzalez in deeper leagues, but for this yeah. week, nope, not abort. I, I, I lied. I okay, lied. Now that uh, J.D. Martinez is back in that yeah, Detroit yeah, lineup? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I'm, I'm all set with that. And by the time he faces them, both, uh, Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez could be back. Uh, Miggy's just has kind of a, I think the obliques flared up a little bit, so they're just giving a couple days off, and then Victor's on paternity leave. So, if you get all three of them in there, the two Martinez's and, and Cabrera, no thanks. And then at Arizona, no thanks. Sorry about that. And then JD Martinez could, could surpass Aaron Judge in the home run lead by then, and he's already 10, he's only 10 back, so it's, it's four days away. crazy Possibly. what he's been doing. Absolutely nuts what JD he's been doing since being back and it's awesome i love it i love it uh all right let's go to the super deep group um there are a couple interesting names here but we'll see which ones you like jimmy nelson home twice toronto and arizona scott feldman home to cleveland at philly jermaine marquez german marquez i don't know it says german marquez but it's not german german marquez okay at philly home to st louis that same tyler chatwood combo josh tomlin at cincy home to kc zach Eflin home twice colorado and cincy uh, Ulysse Chassin at the Mets at Washington. Jose Urena at Oakland home to the Angels. Ty Bloch at the Cubs home to Atlanta. And Christian Bergman at Washington at Boston. I put him on there because people, you know, got up in arms. Well, not up in arms, but they were like intrigued by that big start that he had. Go ahead. Start him at Boston and at Washington. Let me know how that works with Christian freaking Bergman. But who do you like best out of this group? Give me a couple names. 
Uh, who do I? This, how about working backwards? Okay. I don't want Josh Tomlin at all. At, I never do. At Cincinnati, no. I no, never no, do. No, 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 no. I literally um, never do. I don't care what Kansas his matchup is. Even the matchup with Kansas City, no, 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 no. He just can't keep the ball in the yard at it's all. Just, he just flat out serves up meatballs. This this uh, new era that we're into with the with the homers being back uh, couldn't have come at a worse time for him. Like. The, the early, you know, a couple of years ago when we were at this, uh, the um, offensive nadir, that was perfect for Josh Tomlin because he'd give up a couple solo shots. He's still going six and seven innings with two runs. And you're like, man, this guy's pretty good. Doesn't walk anybody. Doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, but he's all right. Now that we're home run happy again, it's bad for Tomlin. It is. Um, I don't know if, as far as a matchup perspective, there, there's not a great matchup that jumps off on paper here. Agreed. Uh so I'm going to go with Jimmy Nelson as one of them mm-hmm. because I like the stuff. He's getting the run support. Milwaukee is your first-place team in the NL right? Central. Corey Knable has helped solidify the back end of that uh, back end of that pen so they're, they're not blowing wins. Imagine imagine where they would be if they didn't have uh, fully blowing the wins he has. If they hadn't put him there at all because a lot of folks wanted to just go straight up with Knebel from the jump because it always looked like worry, he was – Fantasy nerds know nothing about real baseball, right? It's true. It's true. How, how could they possibly know that Natalie Feliz didn't have it? I mean, he got his velocity back. He started missing bats. The problem was there was just too many hits and homers. And homers for a reliever, ugh, so bad. Hanley Ramirez goes yard off of Sean Manaya here. Um, hey, so, yeah. Outworth team doing well. Um, Jimmy Nelson. Yeah, I don't, should be a good match. It should, on paper, has a good matchup. And he has good but stuff, but he, he can't execute doesn't it. strike out anybody. Nope. Couldn't strike me out. Doesn't strike out anybody. But I'll take him. I'll take him here because the matchups are soft, but he doesn't strike anybody out. And But he hasn't – I mean, he's got um, two of his last three starts or quality starts. The last one uh, fell an out shy, and he gave up two unearned runs uh, in that mess. So okay. give me Nelson and Urena. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like Urena's stuff. I really – feel like he's like maybe an adjustment or two from from being something worth really keeping an eye on i mean he throws 96 he's got a really good slider and a pretty good change up but uh, i think he's still learning how to work with it. he is only 25 years old so i like that you're putting his name on everybody's radar i'm with you on nelson um i actually don't hate feldman if you're looking for floor if, if you look i mean he's he's been scott like him his scott feldman himself you know, we all laughed when he was the opening day starter because, you know, you usually have a better starter than that, but not really his fault. Like, he's got a 429 ERA. That's right in line with what he always does. Um, he's usually a little bit under four, but the, the FIP usually says that he's about a 429 guy. So, uh, he's doing, he's doing him. Scott Feldman is. Uh, so you could use him there. I'll go in addition to Nelson. Um, I'm keeping an eye on Yuli Chassin. Now he doesn't get either of them at home, and one of them's against Washington, so that's that's a bummer. That's why I ran. That's yeah, why I ran and I think that's completely fair. But uh, we're we're scraping here, so I, I do think that I would still put him relatively high on this list. I think I'm going to go Nelson, Feldman, Urena Chassin. I just wanted to give a fourth name, and it, he is the fourth. But uh, again, I know some of you don't really have the option of being picky. You have to kind of dive in uh, on on players like this. So that is one I'll give. Zach Eflin, not a chance. Uh, you know, he doesn't walk anybody, but he doesn't do anything else either. So not really that interested. Um, like I said, Bergman, no. Ty Block, Jose Arena has an amazing strikeout rate compared to Ty Block. Do you know what Ty Block's strikeout rate is? 6.9%. 
that's his walk rate. His, you guessed that nice. for everything, by the way. Um, his strikeout rate is 7.6. The fact that you weren't that far off with your comedic guess, uh, is terrible for Ty Block. Uh, five, five percent swinging strike rate. It's just not, it's a no for me. It's a no for me. It's a, it's a flat no. So, uh, that covers that group. So we're looking at Alex Cobb, Matt Shoemaker, Jared Eikhoff among the shallower leagues, Jordan Montgomery, Mike Fultonevich, uh, Tyler Chatwood, JC Ramirez, Tyler, uh, Daniel Norris among the names that we're considering for deeper leagues and then super deep. We're both really interested in, in Jimmy Nelson, um, Jose Arena, Scott Feldman, Yuli Chassin. There. So you got some names that you can look at. Not a huge two-start week, uh, because they're, in terms of pickups, because there are a lot of good guys throwing two starts, so it's probably better for you that way. But those of you that stream, you're gonna have to take some risks this week. Sorry about it. Uh, alright, let's move over to some hitters here. And, uh, we're gonna do this the way we've been doing it the last couple weeks, where we're gonna talk about potentially cutting certain guys in favor of, uh, of, of some of the pickups. So I want to talk about some cuttables. Let's start with the outfield. We got Keon Broxton, Bradley Zimmer, Domingo Santana, and Scott Shubler that have some, some pretty substantial availability. And the potential cuts are Cargo, Carlos Gonzalez, Jock Peterson, and Jackie Bradley Jr. So first off, rank those guys in, in, in the order in which you would in fact cut them in, uh, let's say, 10 and 12 team mixer. I don't, uh, well, let me ask, would you cut any of them in 15 teamers for the guys that yes. we have available? Okay. Yes. Who, who? All three of them. You would cut all three of them for any of these, for, for one of these guys here? I need production. And when those three combined are doing less than Scott Shebler is. And, and I think Carlos Gonzalez is hitting for no power at all. I was going to say, I think John he'd be Peterson. the biggest surprise to folks, but he's been a nightmare. He has two homers and a 217 average and 160 plate appearances does Carlos Gonzalez. Is he hurt Jock or something? Peterson, uh, you know, at first we thought maybe it was a lot of road games because yeah. we talked about him last year, but even at home he's not hitting. Jock Peterson's hitting for even less power, and then Jackie Bradley Jr. is just can't hit, period, this year. Correct. Uh, and you know, we talked about Broxton heating up, and his overall numbers still look bad, 38% strikeout rate, but he's doing a lot of damage of late. Uh, we we went into depth with Shebler a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. Santana's uh, doing more at the plate. I need production now. And those other three guys, you're holding on to them for name. If they were anybody else name-wise, you would have already cut them. That's a thing. And at some point, you know, we, we talk about this being the time, right? Whenever we talk about the patients that we have, I'm always saying mid-May, you know, and, and we're past mid-May now. It's May 20th. So it is time to start looking. And, yeah, you know, you might – it might burn you. One of these guys might turn around and burn you. I don't think you can keep waiting. It's probably past the point. I, I, I agree with you on that. So um, I'm with you. I'm certainly cutting. And, and listen, guys, I've been one of the bigger proponents of Jock Peterson. I thought he was going to bring his minor league speed to the majors at some point, pair it with that power and on base and, and, and be a, a fantasy beast. But it's just not happening. It's really looking more and more like uh, Kobe Rasmus 2.0. Go back and look at what Rasmus did in the minors and, and early in his career. Uh, he had speed as well, and it looked like he was going to be that guy who could do power and speed, but then he just kind of fell into the power. So I think that that's where Jock Peterson's headed, which is fine, but not special. Uh, JBJ, as you mentioned, Jackie Bradley Jr., just not hitting at all, and then Cargo can't get anything going. So uh, rank the four here then b- between Keon Broxton, Bradley Zimmer, Domingo Santana, and Scott Shebler. Uh, Broxton, Shebler, 
Zimmer, Santana. I mean, I'm concerned about. I mean, I, I heard what you guys said in the last episode, and I agree um, with the contact rate on Zimmer. But that said, you know, when he does hit the ball, he hits it hard and exactly. he hits it far. Yep. Uh, and he is a large human being. I mean, he made us feel small. He's he's you, you he's a monster. You and Nino are not small dudes as far as height. And the six four they list Zimmer on a paper is a joke. It has to be. It has to be. He's huge. And I, I agree with you. I think I think he's definitely, um, you know, you, you kind of take that potential flaw with with the contact and base hits, in in exchange for everything else he can do. Because Bradley Zimmer can hit for power and run, so he could be kind of a combo guy. All these guys are combo guys, and yes, that includes Scott Shebler. Now he's not a speed demon or anything like that, but he already has three stolen bases to go with his nine homers. So, or excuse me, ten homers. Three stone base. He is hit, hitting 241. So here's the thing: you got to kind of balance it out. If you want a little bit more uh, batting average, then you, then you, you maybe look elsewhere. Um, you know, they all kind of strike out a little bit, but Domingo Santana is hitting for the best average this year. I have a hard time ranking them because I'm glad you gave Shebler love, but putting Santana last, like he's not last because he sucks. He's got five homers, no. four stone bases, and 273 average. So. It's hard to put anybody last. Like, don't think that that means don't get them. Like, any of these four for the three that we're talking about cutting, I think are perfectly adequate uh, replacements and I mean, worth and I'm getting. I'm not joking. I would cut any three of them for any four of those guys. Yeah. I am, especially, I, you would have to be so frustrated with uh, cargo. Uh, yes. That one in particular. I mean, when you're ISOing 105 at this point of the season, something's wrong. Peterson, 093 ISO. Yeah, and Jock, like I said. I've been a huge fan, but it's not, it's not getting it done at all. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and continue to hang on to him. So I, I agree. I think there are leagues where it's, it's time for him to get cut. The worst part, the worst part, if you look at the plate appearances, Bradley Jr., 102. Yeah, he was dinged up a little bit. Peterson, 113. That's 40 to 50 behind everybody else. So you're giving up that kind of production. And when they're on the field, they're not doing anything. Yeah. Cargo leads this group. In production, so he's really killing it because he's out there doing nothing. 160 plate appearances of of dog crap. It's it's been bad. It's been really really bad. So yeah, take a look for those four. <clears throat> I know Zimmer's a hot prospect coming up, so he's probably going to have the the most attention. Uh, Broxton was a, a hot pickup last week, but again, still has availability. I, I picked these guys because they have enough availability to be included here. Maybe not in your league. Um, but but in enough leagues that it, that it was viable. So let's move over to catcher. We've had some decent catcher potential. Uh, I think two of the last three weeks that we've done this, talking about guys that we could uh, bring up here. So that's nice to see that catcher is actually getting some players. Here's the thing: uh, Are you going to cut Stephen Vote or Wilson Contreras for Austin Hedges, Wellington Castillo, or Alex Avila? I would cut Stephen Vote. Okay. Uh, I mean, he just really has not looked good. And he's been stuck on that two-homer, eight-RBI for a while. Uh, Castillo just came back from injury. Uh, he just got back off. So he's been beasting. Yeah, uh, I, I have him in my local um, AL league. That's the guy, if, if, if votes ownership percentage is higher than Castillo, people stop drinking. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that – I mean, how much how – much, run can we give how much run do we give castillo on this podcast oh, we were all about there. beef coming into the season that was our big oriole breakout guy like yes. you know they always have kind of one mid-level guy who gets that boost from being in baltimore and we were on we were on castillo by the way it's kind of funny to include castillo and wilson Contreras in a grouping because it's like uh wilson stole castillo's second l 
because it's Wellington, W-E-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, yep. and it's Wilson, W-I-L-L-S-O-N. It's just kind of funny. Anyway, um, I'm ready to kind of cut Contreras, too. I was kind of excited about him with catcher eligibility, thinking he was going to play some outfield. He's not really done anything. He's got four homers, but he's hitting 229. I think I would really cut either catcher, and then I would rank them Castillo. I think I'll go Castillo, Avila, Hedges. Avila's being platooned brilliantly. He has like eight plate appearances against lefties. They, they're just not going to let it happen. They've and got that's, James that's McCann. Tremendous. And that's from, and let's not forget, five of Hedges' homers came in a week, and that week was a month ago. And he's still he's in two seventeen. Yes. Like the power, it, it's good. Thanks, man. Thanks for at least doing something, right? Thanks, thanks for at least getting up to Zanino level. Because before he was Zanino without the ability to do anything. He was just a, a good defender. Hate the three zero auto strike. Off topic. I hate the three zero auto strike. Even when just it's play. nowhere near the zone. Put it anywhere, anywhere. You're gonna get that strike yeah. ball. Just throw the ball more than more than fifty feet. I think even a fifty-five footer would still get called. They just say, "Eh, he, he got it." Baseball yeah, off strike. the plate, strike one. Yeah, strike, strike. Yeah, then you have to one. swing a strike too because it's the same pitch. Exactly. No, it's, now it's, a three-zero count goes into it. Now it gets right back into where it's an even. It's even completely Steven. ridiculous that that it's just blindly called. Like, make like he just threw three balls in a row. What makes you think that you know a, a call on the corner? Should now be be going his way. He's clearly having an issue. Anyway, end rant on that one. But uh, I, I totally agree with you. So yeah, as far as these catchers go, I think you can go out and, and, and start making some cuts on some of these guys that you've been waiting on. Um, you know, if you're still waiting on like Jan Gomes, um, who's playing good. Well, I mean, Jan Gomes is doing better of late too. Oh yeah. Okay. I see. I, I don't have him anywhere. Um, I think. Oh, he's Devin, having. Uh... I ever saw a note on him the other day. I mean, I've got him in, uh, I want to pull up. He's having a good month of May, if I recall. Okay. Um, but he's starting, you know, he's kind of rewarding your patience for him. Uh, you know, 253, 347, 410. I mean, from a catcher, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, up late. And, uh, in May, I'm counting, uh, one, he's got a hit in all, he's got a, uh, one, two, three, four multi hit games. And well, like he's only that. gone hitless twice as, or twice as in the month of May. I like that. And by the way, obviously with Wellington Castillo being the guy, one of the guys coming back, the one we like the most, you can cut the guy who was filling in for him, Caleb Joseph, pretty easily. Uh, Martin Maldonado's guy, some folks might be hanging on to. I don't know, you know, I don't play a lot of one catcher leagues, so I don't know exactly who's available and who's, I wish I did. who's being held. I kind of wish I did too. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I like the standard setup, but man, with some of these second catchers that you have to get, you're like, is that even a real person? Is that a real person? Tuffy Ghost Wish? No, that's a fake name. Nobody would ever be named that. Tuffy Ghost Wish, get out of here. Okay, let's move on to infielders. And we're looking at Neil Walker, Ian Happ, Josh Bell, Justin Smoke, um, in, with Jose Peraza, Ben Zobrist, and Todd Frazier on the chopping block. Which of those three are you cutting in 15-teamers? Oh, um, Todd Frazier? I think I'm cutting Zobrist. Really? And Zobrist, yeah. I mean, we knew he wasn't going to run. Uh, I mean, he's getting on base, but he's not. I mean, he's he's slow afoot. You if you would if I were to tell you that Neil Walker and Justin Smoke have seven more runs scored than Ben Zobrist right now with pretty much the same amount of playing time. Yeah, that's a little rough. That's a little tough to swallow. I mean, Frazier has got his runs and his RBIs, but he's not hitting. And the thing is, you would think, okay, he's struggling. He must be striking out. 
not striking out either. That's I mean, the crazy got, thing. <laughs> that's that's really, and he's not. I mean, his walk rate's eleven percent. His strikeout rate's twenty percent. Um, his batting average on balls in play is abysmal. So if you just want to get like just play the regression play there, maybe is a little foolish to cut him. That's why I'd sit tight on Frazier. Zobrist is the one I would absolutely cut. Um, Can you cut Peraza with his eight steals, or do you have to hang on? Because he's hitting two fifty, so he's not murdering you, but he's just just the steals and a a, a barely capable batting average at this point because it's one homer. Oh, 19 runs. That's ahead of Zobrist, too. So, um, you know, his 19 runs actually isn't too bad for Jose Peraza. So I think with the speed, you have to keep him, right? Uh, I'm thinking, yeah. In 15-teamer. Uh, I mean, 12 and 10, you can start to maybe look at it. But I think in 15, you still got to well, ride it Okay, out. well, let's, let's look at it this way. Uh, he has two stolen bases since April 18th. Well, Peraza does? He has two in yeah. a month? Two. What the freak? What's his triple he's slash during that time? Three. He's two of three. Uh, let me get up there. Um, so I'm going to go through and start on this particular date, and we are going to get two. Oh, sorry. I thought you were on B-Ref. I can, I can do it real quick. No, I got it here. Hold okay. I was at the, our uh, Fangraphs game log. Uh, he is at 252, 283, 40 with two stolen bases and 11 runs. Nah. Nah. See, if you're holding on to him for his steals, he ain't running. Yeah, he so ain't getting on base either. <laughs> maybe you do look to make the move. Uh, all right, let's talk about the guys available then. Who who are you valuing the most out of Neil Walker, Ian Happ, Josh Bell, Justin Smoke? Josh Bell, dude. Let's talk Josh Bell. Where did the power come from? I'm loving it, dude. I know I got to come around. You mentioned it. I think two podcasts ago, you talked about it. Um, Start. Oh, sweet Jesus. Uh-oh. How does a catcher get that far off second base? <laughs> The catcher just get picked off. Yes, off second, no less. Off second base. Is that Jesus bases Sucre? loaded? This was bases loaded. He thought it was in the dirt, and he got yes. This is after he just knocked in a double. So I mean, he knocked in runners. Okay, so but he, he did just got, something, but then he just got bases himself. loaded with Kevin Kevin Kiermaier would have struck out anyhow. But <laughs> you're uh, so out on Kiermaier these days. By the way, you're mad at him. You guys might be in the midst of a divorce. That's just a rumor. It's just a rumor swirling that you guys could be divorcing. I don't know for sure. Um, all right. So that, well, at least they're up to I mean, the you were, on, you were on, you mentioned Bell a couple of weeks well, ago. Well, just cause, yeah, cause the power was like, he was getting some homers and I'm like, okay, we gotta take a look at him. It's continuing. There's some opposite, opposite field homers. Like it's all looking pretty impressive right now. I know a 28% homer to fly ball ratio is likely to come down, but he's so far above what we thought he was going to do anyway that he's got wiggle room, Josh Bell does, to come back and still produce more power than we thought. That's my take. Yeah, and I watched I watched a couple of them, a couple of bats this week for him, and what I think it was yesterday or Thursday where he hit a double to like the deepest part of of uh, PNC. Pittsburgh Stadium. PNC, PNC, thank you. Hit the deepest part, and that was, and it really wasn't a meatball either. He just went through and said, "Oh, you know what? I got this. One. I got this one." Cool. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that was impressive. I mean, it was a crack, you know, like a two millimeters. It would have been a home run. It would have been a big home run the other way. And he went right to the base of the wall off that pitch uh, to the deepest part. And and so that was really one of the one of the knocks on him coming into the season is is he going to hit for power? But he is. Uh, and he's growing into it, so yeah, that I'd make that move. I'm cut. I'm trying to make room for Bell, where I can. I am too, um, because yeah, I'm buying this power now, and 
you know, that was the thing was first base for a guy who's going to hit like 15, I'm all set. Well, now it's looking like a guy who's going to hit like 24, 25, you know, so that, that really changes the scope of things. Even, even low twenties, you know, 22, 23, I think, uh, could be impressive because I still think there's some batting average upside too, because that, if the power, you know, does start to taper off a little bit and it comes down, you're like, okay, uh, you know, you're not hitting for as many home runs anymore. Your, your homer to fly ball ratio is like 18%, something like that, which would still be perfectly fine for Josh Bell. Start getting more base hits. Now all of a sudden you're hitting 280. Uh-oh. Rio Ruiz, first major league home run off Max Scherzer. Oh, nice, Rio. Very nicely done. That's not, that's gotta be awesome to hit your first one off of somebody as good as Max. Um, now the, the thing of it is, that's almost not surprising because Max, what's he hitting? He gotta be hitting seven or eight. Has to be. Right? Because he, Max would have challenged him. That's just my guess based on having watched years of Max Scherzer that he will challenge. Was there anybody on? Cause that would be a little uh, bit surprising. Two run. Okay. Uh, two run shot. That's interesting. I mean, so where's he batting? Is it seven or eight? I am trying to find out. It's got, it's got to be lower, lower in the Why order with two outs. Go away, keyboard. I didn't ask you for anything. That's just Thank my you. guess that, uh, that he challenged a seven or eight hitter with two outs and said, if you can hit it, you can hit it. And then he got him and he said, you know, hat tip. I'm going to shut you guys down you the rest of the correct. game. Knew it. it. Knew it. You know what it was? You know, Bartolo Colon was coming up next. So he oh, clearly did not want to face it. That's him. the thing. You got, you got to attack that hitter with Colon in the, uh, you're right. Never mind. You nailed it. You nailed it. That's that's more important than the eight factor uh, with two outs. Were there two outs? Uh, there were two outs. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> Max, dude, he'll do it. He got. I think. He, I think he picked it up from Verlander because Verlander. What's to throw off the top of the third facing the pitcher? Well, he, in, in theory, it makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know it's real Ruiz, right? You're not. If he gets you, it gets you, and he got him. So. You adjust, you're down two nothing, you trust your offense to get you for those runs back, he's still gonna go eight, and, and probably only give up two. Like, that's probably gonna be it. So, anyway, um, let's talk about a couple of these other guys then. We got Josh Bell here. Justin Smoke, how many times has everybody in fantasy baseball, if you've played fantasy baseball for more than a couple of years, you've probably fallen for Justin Smoke at some point. Are we buying in at all? To nine homers and 279 to, average. Have to now. He's getting the he's getting the playing time there. Yeah. He's doing it, um, you know. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did he finish off the season kind of doing this? And we all were like, oh yeah, finally, you know, he's doing this in September. Blah blah blah. Let me take a look. He, yeah, no, I want to take a look too because it feels like this is where he was late last year. And so I'm going to go back and I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to go August first to to today, and from August first to today. He is 241, 318, 452. So that's a no. So let's okay. go to September. Let's pick up September and take a look. Because I, I feel like he was having. Because Smoke has an 881 this year. 481. Okay. So 481. And he hit nine homers, uh, 28 runs driven in, 22 well, scored. That means zero and zero in, in September, though, because he has nine and 28 right now. Well, they. So he's just he, he's just beasting okay. this year. So he wasn't doing it back then. Now remember, was it two years ago when he first joined Toronto and everyone was psyched on him, and then he like twisted his knee on a sprinkler in spring training? Yes. Okay. He still ended up hitting 18 homers in 132 games, 328 plate appearances, but a 2.26 average. Then he gives 14 last year with 2.17 average. The big thing this year 
is that Justin Smoke is not striking out nearly as much. So we're seeing changes. 33% strikeout rate last year, 26% the year before, 19 this year, with a this corresponding month, major drop in swinging strike rate. Go ahead. This month, walk rate, strikeout rate, both 14.5%. 4'11 weighted on base average. Man. Five five homers, 16 driven in, 14 runs scored in 69 plate appearances. Nice. Nice. That's huge. That's where we're at. Contact rate up. Uh, to a career high 81%. And what's his ownership percentage right now? Uh, didn't write that down. Hang on. I'm a bad person. Uh, let me see. I can get it very easily. Smoak. Where are you at, Smoak? Smoak is the 11th, uh, first baseman, by the way, on the player radar. 38% at ESPN. There you go. So, there's gonna be plenty of availability. I think even at, uh, CBS, he's gonna be available enough because the thing of it is a lot of times these guys at first base that start doing stuff it takes a while for people to, to, to come to come over to them because they've got first base and corner kind of set and it's like well where would i even put justin smoke so he doesn't get picked up CBS. okay so there's gonna be a lot of availability there i'm still prioritizing josh bell but if i don't get josh bell i'm gladly taking justin smoke so uh, that's that. Let's talk about the two second baseman because even though Ian Happ has not played there, he qualifies there because that was his minor league position. So that's what he entered MLB with. Neil Walker and Ian Happ. Um, who do you who do you prefer in that group? In that pair, I should say. Well, I'd prefer Happ if he's going to stay up. Don't we have to feel confident that he's that he's going to get his chance to stay? Like, remember it was wasn't it supposed to be like the weekend or in, yeah. you know until At Hayward. This point. I mean, what is he? He has, certainly hasn't embarrassed himself. No, um, he's beasting. If if we assume he's going to stay up, I want half. I agree. I agree. The dude, the dude is uh, a hitter, man. And I know, and not, I'm not just basing it off of his his minor league or his major league sample so far. He hit all the way up through the minors. Uh, you know, he was at a 977 OPS at AAA this year with nine homers before he came up. He does have. He's run a little bit too. He was 16 for 21 last year, uh, 10 for 11 back in 15, only two for three so far this year, but you might even get a little speed sprinkled in if, if Joe Madden turns him loose. So I'm pretty intrigued by Ian Happ. You're going to have second base outfield eligibility as well, or might not have the outfield yet, but he does have six games there. Um, so you can start, I kind of like infield outfield flexibility with, with players as well. So I would cut Zobrist for, for Hap for sure. Um, you know, I would, I would, I would cut him for Bell and Smoke too, although that's not as natural of a fit. I know we just said we want to stick with Todd Frazier because he looks like he has some upside potential to get back on track, but would you cut him f- for Bell or Smoke? Uh, yeah, not, I mean, I like, that, that's I me would. going like, that's like me saying six out of ten times, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I, that's a good way to put it. Like, where you're like, okay, I could. Here's the thing. It might have to be team dependent. Like, he's not the only one screwing up for you, Frazier. Like, your team is just, you're having issues all around and you're just trying to get a hot hand in there. I think is the, is the six times because if everything else is kind of going well offensively, I'm just going to ride it out with Frazier. He's still got seven homers plus stolen bases for you. Like you said, the plate skills are, are, are pretty good, actually. 11% walk rate, 20% strikeout rate. I would ride it out with Frazier any way I can. I really try not to cut the, cut him for those guys, but I do want to get those guys. So if that's, if 
he's the last name possible and you really need that jump start, then you do it. But for the most part, you're trying to keep Frazier. Um, All right, Jason, anybody that we haven't discussed that you want to uh, talk about? Um, Only because I've heard some people talk of it and I got to see him play on uh, pitch on Monday night. But I I know some people ask me, hey, why aren't the Rays doing anything with Jacob Faria? Um, oh yeah, we talked about um, what's uh, Eno and I talked about him recently. What did you guys say? Because I missed I missed that. If you, if um, you did, I haven't finished all of four fifty nine. Just uh, that yeah. he he can be one of the ones coming up, and we don't really know what I I have him rated uh, to come up before De Leon and Honeywell. Just kind of it looks like in the order, it looks like he would get the fir- the first chance to come up. Do do I have that right, or do do we have any inkling as to which way they would go? Um. I think. Oh, we didn't talk about him. I wrote about him. That's what it was. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. So I think. I think. And by the way, uh, Longo just homered too. I, I think that Snell Snell could come back before Faria does. I mean, I when I watched him pitch, it I reminded agree with that. me. It reminded me of Matt Andrees. I know the strikeout numbers. You're like, you look at the uh, if you stat scout, you're like, hey, look at those strikeout numbers. But I watched him against the Charlotte lineup. That yes has Moncada. Yeah, it has Jacob May. Um, but it's not. It's not murderer's row, and it felt like I was watching Blake Snell pitch. Everything was three balls, you know, three ball counts, Eesh. five, six pitches. It just couldn't put anybody away in this game, uh, and I don't think he even made it five full in this one. Uh, but his delivery, even from the side, reminds me a lot of Andres as well. And so people may think, okay, what? So what if he looks like Andres? Andres is pitching well this year. Sure. Go back to last year. Andres started off well and then was complete dog crap. For the rest of the season, and, he, and th- that's kind of what I saw in Faria. There is it was underwhelmed. Okay, is, is the best way I could put it. So if Snell gets down there and, and can pitch off his fastball again and stops nibbling and looks like he's turned the corner and can come back, maybe he comes back first. But you know, I'm not seeing a need uh, to yank up Faria if that's the way it's going to be. Just leave Erasmo in there, who's pitching really well. Uh, you know, threw a great game last night against the uh, against the Yankees. Because he's hitting the spots and doing what Erasmo does, and, uh, and maybe keep cycling dudes out in the pen. Right now they're running a lot of kids out there: Ryan Stanek, Diego Moreno, uh, Jose Alvarado. They're doing a lot of that type of stuff. But I, it seems like the next call ups are going to be to help the pen, as long as these guys keep doing what they're doing. But I was okay. I was very underwhelmed uh, in that regard. That said, the other way was Malik Smith. He's hitting down there. I saw him go Apo Taco first first at bat of the game. And no breeze, no nothing. And went Apo Taco off Chris Volstead. Oh. Uh, so a little more power than perhaps we thought he had. Nice. Uh, but you know, again, where's he going to? Maybe that speed comes up later. But right now, it's, there's nowhere for him to play. No room at the uh, end. As the as the depth chart's getting a bit crowded, it looks like uh, you know, Wilson Ramos is on his way back. He's taking BP uh, in the in Tropicana before games. Now uh, they're they're looking at. Uh, maybe Father's Day uh, as a potential return date for him. Okay. So kind of keep that on your radar, uh, especially in those double catcher leagues. Uh, he's somebody that I'm, I'm sitting on in uh, an AL town. He's been on my DL because I traded for him and uh, really waiting for him to come back. And when he comes back, you figure there's going to be some DH time, uh, maybe some time behind the plate, and maybe some uh, first base time for him as well. All right. All right. That sounds that sounds pretty good. Um, got a couple news and notes here that we'll finish up with. Aaron Sanchez going to the DL for the third time, middle finger laceration. That was God. blister, uh, nail. I mean, it's it's not good. Oh. 
Why did I make that stupid trade? <laughs> I mean, I assume you you got him at what would be a relatively perceived discount, yeah? I traded Danny Valencia and Jesse Hahn for Aaron Sanchez and Brock Holt. Yeah, I would do that all the time. So I, I get why you did it, but it's 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 biting you right now because he's going back on the DL and it's it's that middle finger right now. Like it's like he's he, it's Rich Hill style, and you know we can laugh at it because it sounds like it's nothing, but when you really think about it, it makes sense that this would be just awful for pitchers to deal with anything on your finger. Um, you know, with with regards to like a blister, or I think I think he has a broken nail too. Or either or, but like, yeah. That's middle, what I thought he had was the was the nail, middle finger laceration. So that that's what <sighs> I know. The nail oh, broke. Just a cut, fine, but that's so lame. Yeah, third time, third time, third time. Um, Dallas Keuchel going to the DL as well. Ten uh, expected to be nerve. short, pinch nerve in his neck. You never like anything like that. Again, all the word is you know positive as far as it goes, and saying it's going to be short, going to miss one. What do you think about what, – this is more about what you think about Keiko this year, the way he's been beasting. Like, are you back in on Keiko? Yeah. Were you in on him before the season started? Mm, no, I would, no, I wasn't chasing him. No, I wasn't either. I was I was worried about the shoulder, and uh, I really let that drive me to kind of stay away from him, and he's been great. So Keiko has been really good. Piscotti's coming off the DL. That's good. Uh, Luis Robert, it signs with the White Sox. I don't really know anything about him except that he's the top Cuban free agent. They got him for 25 mil. And it puts them, and it puts them, uh, in the penalty box for international signings. Ooh. That's a little bit, uh, because they were, um, if I can find, I was reading something from, uh, uh, ben uh, from baseball. Yeah, from Ben Badler, Baseball America. Let me get the exact quote. Okay. And by the way, Tanaka's got something wrong with his finger, too. Oh, huge surprise, man. Because he was just showing something on the game, and they and he was looking down, saying "ow" as he was showing in the bullpen before the game, and they just came out and checked on him um, in this game here too. So it says, "See, the White Sox have been the outlier from the start since they're not over the bonus pool yet. They will be sacrificing more to sign Robert. Clubs that are over the pools are already subject to two years of not being able to sign any international amateur player for more than three hundred thousand beginning on July second. So if the Cardinals sign Robert uh, Rivera, they won't face any additional signing restrictions. The only cost is money. If the White Sox do it, the financial cost is the same, but signing would put them in the penalty box, whereas right now they're unrestricted for the next two years. Um, they did also then go trade a minor league pitcher for some international cash money Okay. today. I uh, did see that they traded um, – let me go find it. Uh, they did a trade and – Picked up. Orioles international slot is really an asset to acquire an asset. Um, they traded two guys. Oh, here it is. The White Sox acquired two international bonus pool slots from Baltimore in exchange for minor league pitcher Alex Katz. Value Never heard $756,000. Well, good on them. They got a little bit more space to mess with there. Uh, so after this year, they'll be in the penalty box, you're saying, the White Sox? Correct. Next or does year. it start immediately? Uh, starts uh, Can, starts immediately because okay. the international signing period is not until July second. Oh yeah, that's so right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, there's there's a little bit of news and notes to wrap it up. Jason, good episode. How's the travel schedule look for next week? Next week, uh, I'm only going to Atlanta. I'm hoping to go to a game on uh, Wednesday. Check out uh, SunTrust. 
Yeah, so I knocked that off my list since they added a park when I was down to four. Now I'm back to five since oh, they added a new park. By the way, we didn't mention it, uh, but of course Josh Bell and Justin Smoke would be perfect replacements for Freddie Freeman if you're if you're hurting there as well. So. Uh. You know, um, I, sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up for, for people. No, I don't have them. I know you I, have them. I, I have them in two, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty miffed, including a 24 teamer. That's going to be easy to replace them. Shouldn't have any issue there. No, not at all. And, you know, we were talking earlier about, um, we, we mentioned that, uh, Trevor Bauer won against the Astros last night because we, you know, we often talk about matchups. No way. I don't want any part of that matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Clevenger is shutting down the Astros. Perfect game in the fourth inning with five strikeouts. That's kind of hilarious. And Bauer and Clevenger are both on my Tout Wars bench this week <gasps> because of the Astros. Because of the Astros, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and Mike Fires has only given up one home run today, so that should uh, that's regression. Uh, did you know he had given up 17 in like 37 innings? I knew he had a 4.0 homer per nine, yes, which is impossible. How is, is that your is, homer per nine? 30, he had 16 home runs. He's now given up 17 home runs in 40 innings. That is insane. Even Anibal Sanchez makes fun of him for that. He's like, dude, really? Um, but, yeah. So, okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up. We will be back next week. Jason, have a good weekend. Thank you too, bud. Bye.